Hi, my name's Mason. My name's Finn. And this is Let's, Let's Talk, Talk Football. Yes, Let's Talk Football is a show where we talk about football's hottest topics. Uh, now today, of course, we've been away for a while. Um, me and Finn just haven't been able to work out a date, which works for both of us, where we both have a solid internet connection and uh, we both have a decent microphone. Uh, so, of course, we want to produce the highest quality football content for you guys. Uh, so, we decided to wait until uh, when we were all back to school and when we could all get a, a decent time. And we found today works. And uh, so, we'll be doing an extra long episode. Um, that will be including transfers, uh, how we think the teams are going to do in the Prem, and uh, a few other messages. Um, so, starting off with the transfers, we're going to talk about two of the biggest first. One of those being Messi to PSG. Uh, now, Finn, what do you think about that? Well, Messi to PSG, I think as soon as Barcelona announced they weren't going to be signing Messi back and that the Grealish deal happened with City, it seemed destined that he was going to PSG. There was no doubt in anyone's mind that he was going anywhere else other than maybe back to Argentina. But mostly, 99.9%. It was straight to PSG. It's the most likely place he will go. It's uh, is and has been since he left Barcelona. And Angel Di Maria was there. Obviously, he's Argentinian as well. So that I think those two were probably a big uh, pull factor towards him. Also, being able to actually win some trophies because obviously. We are recording this the uh, night after the Bayern Munich-Barcelona game um, where Barcelona didn't look on form. They weren't as good without him and then they were with him. And it was such a different Barcelona film that we saw with Messi where he was running up and down the wing, doing everything like that. And um, so another, I think another thing is he's going to win trophies because at Barcelona he won't win trophies. They're not going to win a league title for at least the next five years. The next five years, they're not winning a league. For the next probably 10 or so, they're not winning a Champions League. Not with the teams like in the competition, teams like them in the competition of the Champions League. They're not winning it. Manchester City, they're evolving. I'd say in the next five years, they're going to win one, which might be a bit biased because I support them, but... um. Yeah, but PSG, where Messi's gone to, they've surely got to win one with the team that they have. Like, with the team that they have, it's absolutely incredible. And I see why he um, joined them, because it's a project that they're building. It's a really big project. And I think they're trying to take back control of France football in general and kind of get back on top and kind of probably restart their football dynasty in France that they had for a bit and then got interrupted when Lille stepped in. But um, that was kind of a blip in their history. But this summer, they've really gone in. And the fact that they've signed Messi shows the rest of the world that they are not afraid to get big players. And they have got big players like Sergio Ramos. But it's good for all parties now. It's good for PSG. It's good for Messi. Everyone involved, it's good for Messi. He's going to win trophies. He's going to be with a few of his friends. He's got people in Paris that he's related to in, on a friend's basis. So it's always good for him. Everything looks up for him. And that's, I think, the main reason that he went to PSG. Because if there was no reason to go to PSG, he didn't have friends. If they weren't in the good financial spot there and now, he'd either sign back from Barcelona or he'd go to maybe Argentina or City, depending on if they put in an offer for him. But it's good for all parties, in my opinion. I think it's going to be really good for the next two years. I believe that's how much, how long he signed on for. Um, whether he'll stay on for that or go back to Argentina, which I assume he'll be probably doing when his contract runs out at PSG. Um, that's what I can see happening. I think he's going to... You've got probably in the league on knowing their standard of defenders. All of them are really good in their own right. But when you're coming up against the front four of Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, it, you also have a Cardi, Di Maria, all those guys. 
I don't think there's much you can really do. There's really not much you can do again. And um, I think you've definitely got a $20 season strike. That's really what you're scoring just from your front four and or front three. And it's just absolutely insane of how PSG have handled this situation. Obviously, they were in slight talks with him last summer when the talk was really about Man City. But um, obviously, he's gone to PSG. I think it's really good for all parties. He's happy. Um, PSG are happy. His agent's happy. Everyone's happy except Barcelona. But they kind of did the damage themselves, in all honesty. But, yeah, Mason, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, of course, it's a very good bit of business by PSG. Uh, getting Messi, they've had one of the best transfers, in my opinion, and somehow still spent less than Arsenal. Uh, but Messi, my, my focus is going to be on how he fits into this team. Of course, you've got Angle Di Maria, Mbappe, who is likely to leave possibly January or in the next transfer, big transfer window in the summer. Uh, you've got Neymar, and of course you've got Icardi, who is another Argentinian teammate. How will he fit into this? He's definitely going to have to play a centre-attacking mid to a right-wing role, and possibly I see him playing more the cam style, simply because they now have Akimi, who is known to push up the wing, from wing back, even right back, he is a lethal player like that, uh, which I think makes him one of the best. Um, Messi's definitely going to have to be almost a playmaker because he's got so many people around him. He's going to have four or five players that he's going to have the option being the centre attack midfield. You have one of the most options in any of football because you have a striker, you have your wings, you've got your defensive midfielders or centre midfielders. And if he doesn't play that role um, and goes to right wing, I could see him doing that too because, of course, he has the speed. And although he's getting old, he's very good on the ball. Uh, He's got an amazing strike. And I could see him pushing up to possibly even striker where he played for a few times for Barcelona. However, having so many teammates around him and... PSG, they don't have two focused players in that attack. Their attack is very well-rounded and it's very thought out because there's a lot of passing, uh, there's a lot of making play through, especially with CDMs like uh, Gay. Uh, they're definitely going to be, he's going to be, instead of receiving the ball, he's going to be outlaying it uh, with uh, Mbappe a lot more often than he would have at Barcelona with Suarez, where he possibly would have run up the wing and put it into the box. Um how Messi does this, he, he's got the skill, he's got it all. He just needs the support from possibly the CDMs because they get the ball to him and immediately you've got so many more passes, you've got so many more options and we know he can make those plays. So if he does manage to go into that cam role, uh, he'll do very well. And uh, I think ultimately it will be a good bit of play and uh, tear up league on. Speaking on league on the title, if they do not win it, there are some major talks that need to be going on because you've managed to make several free transfers, sign one of the best players in the world, and ultimately, if you aren't winning that with a team that is likely going to challenge for the Champions League, like Finn said, there is something seriously wrong. Um, They've got this world-class team, world-class players. They are making transfers. They are making signings. They have the manager. They have it all. Now, what do they What do they miss? Is there anything at all apart from possibly the mentality? Because they're Pochettino, amazing tactician. He managed to get Spurs to the Champions League with what can be described as a not-optimal team. But... If they do not manage to pull through to, like Finn said, semi-finals, I expect them to get to the finals with a world-class team like that with so many veterans and young players. PSG are going to be a laughing stock. They are going to be the rotten tomato thrower club of Europe. And overall, it's a good bit of business, yeah. 
you need to get results at the end of the day. Results will what make it happen. And if you're not getting results week in, week out, something's wrong. And who it's with, I do, I cannot tell, but something is wrong. Um, moving on from that, though, uh, to the second biggest transfer happened a little while after the Messi uh, was Cristiano Ronaldo uh, to Manchester United. What felt like a dream for Manchester United fans, uh, and ultimately the entire frame to see him return since he was what just a child, just a boy trying to make his way in the world, trying to get up to those big clubs, which he did, and. <laughs> absolute sensation back then still an absolute sensation uh finn what's your opinion on ronaldo transfer the ronaldo transfer is probably something we all saw coming juventus just weren't doing it but united they're building a team they're building a team of superstars they've got pogba back on form bruno fernandez is bagging goals penalties free kicks you name it he's getting them Rashford, he's getting the goals, the assists. Maybe not as much as Bruno or maybe as much as we usually would expect from him, but he's still getting them. Greenwood, he's a very good prospect. And with the signing of Ronaldo, they've got 20 to 25 goals per season. I see this exactly the same as the Lukaku transfer. Okay, I see this exactly the same as the Lukaku transfer. You've got a signing who, obviously, Ronaldo is very, very much older than Lukaku, around, I think, nine years older than Lukaku. But the thing is, both of them are very, very experienced strikers and have occasionally played on the wing, but um, Lukaku mainly up front, and same with Ronaldo. And um, they have a lot of young players that they can help along their way. Lukaku, Christian Pulisic, Hudson-Odoi, all these guys. I would say Tammy Abraham, but he's gone to Roma. So, But still, there are so many others that would really benefit from him being there. Same with Ronaldo. We have Mason Greenwood, Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandes a bit as well. Obviously, he's very experienced as well as Ronaldo. But Ronaldo would still add that sense of mentorship to all of those players. Anthony Martial, they have that kind of mentor that they can follow and learn off of as he plays in training, if he gives them tips in training, because they will be most likely on the same drills because they are all attacking-based players. And... um, I think it's an absolute wonder signing for them. They got him on the absolute cheap. I see this as an absolute loss for Juventus. If you're signing someone for 100 mil and only selling them for around 30 to 40 million, you've done something wrong. Something is definitely wrong at Juventus, whether it's up top, whether it's up top with the board and the owner, or whether it's down below, maybe with the manager or the players or the dressing room. Okay, there is something wrong at Juventus because when you're signing Ronaldo for 100 mil, promising him that you will win the Champions League, base the team around and then you don't do any of that. When you have a manager like Andrea Perlo, when you had a manager like Andrea Perlo, who is, that is his pretty much first gig in the managerial position and you give them a massive team like Juventus and say, you have to win the Champions League or rather, or else Cristiano Ronaldo is leaving. That is so much pressure onto the manager that he's obviously not going to be able to do it. It's literally his first time. So I see this is Juventus' problem that they signed him for a hundred mil and only sold him for four, thirty to forty million. That is a lot, and a lot of of uh, debt that you've gone into from the United deal. From, Real, from the uh, Ronaldo deal from Real Madrid. And honestly, United, props to him. We thought for maybe a week or so or a couple of days, he's going to City. He's been enticed by the money. He's been enticed by players like Bernardo Silva who have just said, come to City, play with us, like Ruben Diaz. Come to, come to City, play with us. We'll win everything. Don't go to United. They... 
they they couldn't even win the Europa League. Blah, blah, blah. We nearly won the Champions League. All that. And then it came down to Alex Ferguson. United had already placed a bid in for him. And Juventus accepted it. And Alex Ferguson said, mate, think about it. You've been a United boy. You want you said you wanted to finish your career up at United, or at least in your latter stages. So I think Alex Ferguson has just purely done it again. He's saved United, and I couldn't be happier as a City fan. I couldn't be happier. Obviously, for the derbies, it's going to be a living hell. But the fact that we get to see him in the Prem again, that we get to see the glory moments that he provided, the free kicks he can bang in, like the one against Pompey, and um, one against Pompey, I think, in 2003, that he's just banging in, and it's so majestic that way he does it, and it's so majestic the way he plays. And I personally, I'm personally a messy kind of person, but the fact is that we still get to see Ronaldo in the Prem again is just out of this world. It's honestly, I can't wait to see what he does. He's already got two goals off of one game. That's even more than Arsenal. And it's more than Arsenal for like four games. So the fact that he's managed to do that as one person and like... 11 others and or like 22 others is just insane he will put up so many so many goals this season he'll get assists he'll get goals he's going to probably be the top scorer in the prem maybe even the top assister or bruno or someone will beat him to it but it's an, it's an absolute dream to have him back in the prem and i cannot wait to see how this united team forms Obviously, he's going to have to mould with his new players. It's not like the players that he kind of had and the weight and the style he had it. He was originally bought as kind of not a first-team starter, but slowly going to go in. But now he's just straight in. He's got to mould with his players. Obviously, these are so many different players that he's played with. He's going to have to get used to all of them and their styles of play. Also, a few of them he's played with before, like uh, Bruno Fernandes. So that's a really good partnership right there, Bruno Fernandes and Ronaldo. It's really good assist-to-goal partnership. So I see this as an absolute win for United, an absolute win for Ronaldo, and a massive loss for Juventus. If you're letting him go for 30 mil and not making any profit off him, you should be pushing for the most amount of money as possible. Just... Go and get the most amount of money as possible for him. Push for 50 mil. Push for 60 mil. It's not a profit, but it's an improvement. More money back than you are losing. And that is the key thing of what Juventus should have done. But, Mason, honestly, what else do you have to say? Well, um, in my opinion, it was always going to be a loss. There has been absolute carnage in the Juventus side of things you've signed a player for 100 mil expecting champions leagues you've not only lost them but you've managed to lose your place to inter milan for the Serie A title they were always going to lose i don't care what you say ronaldo was always going to be a loss i think a 75 percent what like 75 percent reduction in price they're losing 75 million. That is sensational. That is the best they could get, really. I don't see them going for any more, and it was always going to go through. They can't push for much more. And at the end of the day, that was it. The playing that you had was always going to be. Lost. Man United side of things. Absolute sensation. Ronaldo fanboys everywhere are losing themselves. It's absolutely. It's like it feels like a dream, honestly, to watch him play in the United shirt again. And not only that, but a classic one, and it reminds you of the time like two thousand and eight. Um, he is going to score goals. That is undeniable. He got what was it? Second top scorer in Serie A. And he's played in this league before. He has everything behind him. 
everything right and everything is going to work. Man United side board absolute bargain. They shouldn't. They should have got more probably from Juventus, but they just couldn't. Juventus just didn't have it, and that that was it really. Um, Play-wise, Ronaldo, like Finn said, has a new team of very young players usually, or very inexperienced players, in, not in the Prem, but just in generally in football. You've got these new players, and usually he had, when he signed, he had Rio Ferdinand, you had Vidic, you had Skulls, you had all these great players, and he made himself in one of those. You've now got Rashford, who is good, but... He used to play in that left wing, right wing wall, and now he's up striker. How he will mould the team, I think Oli Gunn Solskjaer will definitely play around him. You have two world class English wingers to the side of you, they're going to be whipping in. Ronaldo and uh, Ronaldo, Sancho, or Rashford, Ronaldo. It's bound to happen. Um, if anything, I see him becoming top scorer or at least getting up there in the ranks, because he finishes. He's, what, 36? He's well into his 30s, and he's still going strong. I'd say better than the current Messi that we have now. Um, as they get older, Ronaldo just says the same. Messi has dropped off a tad, not by much, but just, just enough that it makes Ronaldo, I think, better than him. European-wise and Prem-wise, they need to be getting top three, top two. And Champions League-wise, they need to be getting at least past the round of eight. Anything else, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer needs to be sacked. I'm an Ole out. I'm not a Man United fan, but he just doesn't seem in the right role. And he doesn't get performances in the Champions League, which, in my opinion, just sends, a, sends someone out. You need to be getting results. As a, tier, a club of that tier, you need to be getting results week in, week out. I've said this before. If you don't get results... It won't work. And if you're not consistently getting those results, I don't care if you win 8-0 one game. As long as you're getting those one nils, 2 nils, and you're putting in results, that's good. That's what makes a manager. Sir Alex Ferguson played incredibly with that. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer isn't right. And it, Ronaldo is definitely going to be forming the team rather than him because he's going to have the players around him instead of, something that Ollie would have preferred, probably a midfield player or a midfield kind of style around Bruno Fernandes as a cam. It ain't going to work. So I see Ollie going in within the next season or two. Uh, on the whole, Ronaldo, absolute sensational. Love to see him back at Man U. Juventus, always going to lose. And uh, for the manager, it's, it's a nail in a coffin. Because now you've got this big money player and you think, oh, I've got to play around him instead of what I played around Bruno Fernandes, which I already altered my tactics and didn't work. Is it going to work again? Who knows? Uh, moving on, we have uh, probably our last big transfer, and that is uh, Lukaku to Chelsea. Finn, as a City fan, how do you see this? Well, Lukaku to Chelsea, honestly, my views on this. They're, they're positives. They're positives. I don't see a thing wrong with this move. Obviously, he's going to be absolute hell for the defenders of the Premier League. He's going to be a real kind of chance to prove what you are to the likes of Ruben Diaz, Laporte, Harry Maguire, Raphael Varane, um, who haven't really played against the proper pinnacle or finishing standards quite yet. Obviously, Rafael Varane, he's been playing in Spain most of his career, and they haven't got the the um, level of strikers as good as Lukaku, I say. He's come up against Messi, Ronaldo, uh, no, Messi, Suarez, Neymar, sorry. And he's done pretty well against them, but there are a few performances here, and he's, Rafael Varane, he's, he can cause a few mistakes at the back. Um, obviously, I am thinking back to the game against Man City when he did put in two mistakes that cost them the goals. And um, honestly, I think he's going to be such... Lukaku is going to be such a good signing for Chelsea. They've got 
a 25-goal season striker, maybe even 30-goal a season striker. And I don't see him flopping. He can't flop at all. I think he's had two, three starts. I think every single one has had either a goal or an assist. And those are amazing numbers to put up. Those are absolutely amazing numbers to put up for this Chelsea side, who last season weren't as clinical up front. Timo Werner didn't have that same sort of um, threat up front. But honestly, in this scenario, I wouldn't jump the bullet yet on Timo Werner. I still think he's, what, 24, 20, he's 25, 24, just coming into the prime of his career, kind of just entering that sort of stage. And this, I think, if you gave him maybe till January before you went out and signed Lukaku or Haaland or anyone like that, if give Timo Werner just another chance. He's had his chances, I know. But just give him that chance. And if, if Thomas Tuchel talked to him and said, Timo, you have till January to really, really improve or we're going to bring in someone that's going to start ahead of you, that will drive his motivation even further to then get back in that starting role. Because at the moment, he's a bench player. He won't be playing that much. He's got to beat the likes of Kai Havertz, um, obviously Lukaku, Pulisic, Ziyech, and all these guys. And it's so hard for him to get in. So if I was Chelsea, personally, I would have stayed out until January to get him. There weren't really any other clubs that interested in him that would have made the signing I say the only one would have probably been Man City because they really did have a striker problem and probably still do have the have a problem in the striker role but I think they've done a really good really really good signing but that would be my only fault for it wait till January give Timo Werner another goal because he signed for what over a hundred million when if Timo stepped it up and started banging in the goals, then you would have saved a lot of money that you could possibly put into other positions, maybe like the centre back role or the um or maybe like a new uh defensive midfielder. Obviously you have Kante and Kovacic and Jorginho, but maybe you want to push them further up, or maybe you want to keep one of them on the bench. Obviously you do have Chalabar as well, who's um who obviously scored his goal against, I believe, West Brom. Not West Brom. Against... I don't know. He scored a goal against someone. And it was, a, it was a very good goal. He's an upcoming prospect. But put it into the positions that you actually need. Get another bench striker or something. Use that in, on the bench. Use it for the starting eleven, maybe. Or an upcoming prospect or someone. Maybe like someone like Jude Bellingham. Bellingham. Javi Simmons, Camavinga if he didn't go to Real Madrid. You know, these sort of players that are really going to be good for the future and just that's where you should invest your money. Not someone not in someone that, yes, he's going to get a butt-ton of goals but you also have Timo Werner as well, who's very much known for getting goals. Obviously in the Bundesliga he was lethal and Doing it against Dortmund, Bayern Munich, uh, Frankfurt, Hertha Berlin, all these guys, all these big names in uh, in German football, and it can be quite hard opposition. Obviously, he also did it in the Champions League. You could do it in the Champions League against Champions League opponents. So that would be my only fault with this movement. Mason, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, well, I think Timo Werner's had his chance. Tuchel has obviously said something to him, I think, and I think he's given him until the next transfer window to prove it. He has improved, I'll give him that. What he looks like at the start, absolutely sensational. I thought it was going to be a top, top striker. He hasn't shown it, Lukaku has. And I think this was more of a publicity move from Chelsea, not only to show that the, the champions of Europe will not take anything less than world class or anything less than absolute top quality and we needed him we we needed him we have 
Jorginho as a holding midfielder, Kante box to box, uh, Chavala, as you said. We have all these great players, and yet we lack up top. We lack the finishes. And Chelsea made the most chances out of any team in the Premier League, yeah, under Tuchel. And we didn't finish most of them. And now we've got this... We've got this physically gifted, world-class, proven finisher. And all of a sudden, we've started scoring. We're winning 3-0s, 4-0s, instead of 2-1 or 2-0s. And we've improved our results. And I think due to this, I'll see a Chelsea versus Man U title race back like in 09s, the 08s, when it was Chelsea... United battling it out. And I don't, I think Man City will drop off a bit. You can't keep up results like that for anything more than seven years, I think. I think at seven years, you have to drop off. And if you don't, you have an incredible team, incredible manager, and your board is working well. On that to Lukaku, he proved it in Serie A. He's been in the Premier League before. Chelsea couldn't have made a better signing. I personally would have preferred Haaland, who is someone we can nurture, but Lukaku works. And signing we did, and I'm glad we did, because now we have a finisher and we have one of the best strikers in the world currently. And that's what Chelsea ultimately needed. At the end of the day, he gets the goals. The defence doesn't concede. The midfield works their magic. Chelsea are perfect. I can see them winning the Prem, possibly the Champions League again. Um, overall, great deal by Chelsea. Maybe a bit much. £97 million is a bit on the expensive side. Uh, but overall, it's a good signing and a good bit of business. Um, moving on uh, for someone who has been less of a big signing but still a world-class player, and that is Greenish. Uh, Finn, as a Man City fan, how do you view this? Overpriced. That's that's the only thing I can say for the Grealish deal. Overpriced. Just, I don't think... I, I think he can show his price, but at the same time, I just don't think he will. He's had a decent start. Three starts, a goal and an assist. But those are against Norwich and Arsenal. And I think he showed sparks of his um, talent in Le- in the Leicester game. He made space. He made the opportunities. And if we could finish those opportunities, then we he would look amazing, obviously, on like probably poor Pogba standards, if we could finish them. So... He's had a decent start to his life at City, obviously. He didn't start off in the best style with the uh, loss of the Community Shield. But in my opinion, I'm not being like salty or angry or anything. It is just a friendly. It is just a glorified friendly in all honesty. And it's something for like... It's just harder opposition, really, from your usual friendlies that you would play. But honestly, I think we have a good talent, obviously. Yeah, we have a, we have a good talent at our hands right now, at our feet, that we can really use and probably play out more wide because I think he has the pace and the way he can develop under Pep Guardiola. I could see him becoming the next um, Phil Foden. Obviously, Phil Foden is very much younger, but I'd say he's better, Phil Foden is, at the moment because of the way Pep has trained him to play the runs he's been able to make because of Pep Guardiola. And I'd say if Pep stays on past 2023, because that's when his managerial contract runs out, if he stays on past 2023, then he could turn Grealish really into the next world beater. Honestly, I think Grealish could do massive things at City if Pep treats him the right way nurtures him the right way and turns him into an absolute superstar. He's on monster wages at the moment, upwards of, I think, 200k per week. And that's a lot of money and you've got to prove your wages. You've got to 
but you've literally got to earn your wages and you've got to earn that trust from the manager and you've got to prove that you're worth what you are worth. £118 million is a lot of money for a 24, 25-year-old who has kind of proved it for Aston Villa. He's, he was pretty lethal for them, but never really showed up in the big games. But I do digress. But, um, yeah, honestly, I see this as a future move. Hopefully something that will come out positive. Hopefully it's not going to be like the Ronaldo deal where we're then selling on for like 45 million or something like that, where we spent 118 on him. I hope we could possibly make a profit, maybe a slight downgrade, maybe a hundred million. Who knows? By the time, by the uh, inflation of the market, it could be a hundred million is pocket change to uh, the clubs. Who knows by then? But um, yeah, honestly, I see the Grealish deal as one for the future. If Pep can nurture him, treat him the right way, the way he's done with Phil Foden. Um, I think Grealish could be a really, really good player. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm going to talk very briefly on Grealish because he's overpriced. He does he can show his worth week in week out. However, he's going to have to improve massively to become a hundred million pound player. Um, I see him as a a loss and more of a move for Man City to say, "Look at us, we're making a big signing." Because Man City haven't made many big signings this year. And at the end of the day, they just haven't got it anymore like they used to. Back in like 18, 19, and now we're, what, three seasons new, are new and things just haven't worked out. Things aren't working out and something needs to change, especially with the signings. Because 100 million pounds, I would have said maybe 40, 30 million for Grealish. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. Man City have made tried to make a good signing. Do you need a left wing, a right wing that has skill? Not, not really. But he's been a good player, and I think he will be able to show his worth. But he's not going to be able to do it in week in week out. That is certainly not. He he kind of showed it more at uh, more at Aston Villa. But I don't think he has it in him. I think he's a very good player, but the Man City played very differently. And something's going to have to change if he's going to be able to be this good. Um, at the end of the day, it's it can work out. Things just need to go the right way at the right time, in the right place. Um, that's, that's really it. That's all that's got, that has to happen. And it will work. Uh, but moving on, now we're going to talk about some of the clubs that we think are going to have possibly an interesting and have had an interesting start to the season, starting off with Arsenal. Finn, what's your opinion on what can be described as the most abysmal starts to the Premier League in recent history? Honestly, what can you say about Arsenal Football Club? They're an utter shambles. Everywhere has problems. The players have problems. The manager, Mikel Arteta, has problems. The board has problems. Everything has a problem at Arsenal. And they need to get it fixed. Bring in a new manager. I think they're waiting for the next manager to come free. Um, possibly waiting for... Possibly waiting for... Um, like, someone maybe, like... Probably not, but Pep Guardiola, the ones he's done at City in a few years, hoping that they stay up in the Prem. Um, yeah, um, all jokes aside, they need a new manager desperately. Get Arteta out, bring in someone that can do the job. Obviously, Patrick Friera, he's doing an all right job at. Um, he's doing an all right job at Crystal Palace. Obviously, they've. Or a few players, Will Hughes joined Palace, and that was a really good piece of business. So we know that Patrick Fiera can do business, decent business in the transfer market. But the real question is, could he take the reins at a club like Arsenal, who should be top 10 at least now? And that is funny to say, 
that is really funny to say that Arsenal, Arsenal Football Club, who less than 20 years ago were invincible. Less than 20 years ago, they were invincible through the season. And now they can barely make top 10. And that is appalling. They should be Europa League at least. Europa League at least in the league. They should be getting the sixth place, the fifth place, seventh maybe. Obviously, seventh does now get you the Conference League place. They should at least for next season be aiming for the Conference League. That is the bare minimum that they should be aiming for. A big window to sort this out. Get Arteta out. Bring someone new in. Again, new owners. The Cronkies, they're not doing it. They're not doing anything with this club. They're not backing them that much in the transfer window. They barely even know that Arsenal exists. Cronkies out. Get new owners. Someone from maybe Saudi Arabia or someone like that. Just sort out, mate. Honestly, I can't believe that you have only won one game. One game, and that's a scraped win against Norwich, who have just been promoted from the Championship. You are can you can only scrape wins against newly promoted teams. You can't even win against Brentford, who had to go up through the playoffs. You, if you can't do that against a team who's going up through the playoffs, then you can't... There's no way you are getting out of the situation of being the laughing stock of the league. And people were saying they want the club back. It feels very sad for them, obviously, all this, all that. Honestly, you're being dramatical at this point. But I do understand that something's wrong with your club and they need to sort out Arsenal fans. Honestly, you are the banter club of English football right now. If City lose a game to say Norwich like they did in the 1920 season. That's okay, because we know City can slip up at times. But when Arsenal do it, it's no surprise. It is really no surprise, and that's why they're the laughing stock of the league, really. Because with teams like City, you know they have a mixed output of results. Most of the time, they all win. But like last season, obviously, losses to Leeds... Shouldn't usually be happening, but that is a slip-up. And honestly, I'm okay with that, that we are allowed to slip up. It is a mixed bag. Anyone can win anything. But in your Arsenal football club, you have to be doing better. You have to have a better transfer window, better manager, better board, better owners, better And they just don't have the fire, the spirit, the wanting to play for the badge, the wanting to play for their club. We saw... Say, for example, Roy Keane for Manchester United. He would go blood, sweat and tears for that jersey. And now we're not seeing it from any of them, and especially the Arsenal players. Aubameyang is taking his paycheck leaving, not caring in the world because he's got his probably well over £150,000 per week wage. And they need to sort it out. Cut down players' wages. They, if you don't perform, then they'll stay like this. If you start performing, they might go back up. Give them some Start getting dressing room. Arteta, if you can't get control of your changing room, dressing room, then you have to go. Because honestly, he's not doing the job. Just. I don't know what to say. Cole, what are your ideas? Um, well, at the end of the day, Arsenal are a laughing stock. You need your club back. So I can't see you supporting any other club and uh, it making sense. Your club looks to go under. This club that, what, has won the invincible season, has been top of the league all the time. And I, I honestly can't believe it. You've had some bad starts, of course, but to almost equal the record of clubs like Derby, I, I just I just can't believe it. Your manager is wrong. Your players don't have it. Your board doesn't have it. Not, nobody in your club has it. 
And at the end of the day, you're not getting you're not getting the results. You're not get you're you're winning one 0 to lock Norwich, one 0 to a club that is bottom of the table. It doesn't seem right. And Arsenal, they're, they're a banter club, and they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be a banter club because what? When they finished under Arsene Wenger, they said Arteta uh, Wenger out. When they finished under sixth and fifth under Emery, they said Emery out. You guys finished eighth under Arteta. And I still see Arsenal fans saying Arteta in. Yeah. Don't understand how you can be happy with a manager that gets you one goal, not even a, three points in almost four games. How you can be happy with that, I have no clue. But... Your fan base, it's your board. Don't make signings like they used to. You signed Thierry Henry for like what thirty mil in now in nowadays terms. You're now signing fifty mil for a centre back, although it is very good, isn't worth fifty mil. You're over, overpaying or underpaying for really bad players, or very average players, and you've got you've got class. We can all see it. And they just can't get out of them. That's just that's just the worst thing. Arteta is the root. It's the root. He doesn't make good signings. He doesn't do it, and you just don't have it anymore. And Arteta's your problem. Arteta out. You've had, he's had his seasons. Don't give him another chance. And things will change. Things will change for the better. You've just got to get rid of him. And that's the problem with Arsenal. Moving on from that for another interesting time uh, with uh, Watford. Uh, so, Finn, uh, what, how do you see Watford start to the season? Watford starts the season. It's been a mixed bag. We saw them on the opening day against Aston Villa. We're all thinking Watford are going to get trounced. There's no way they'll do anything in this game. They have Aston Villa have Diaby, Ings, Watkins, so, so many amazing players, Traore, so many players, and then they lose 3-2, uh, Aston Villa do to Watford, and obviously it's a good, it's a good result for Watford, we weren't expecting that, but then from then on, 1-0 to Spurs, 2-0 to Wolves, an own goal to Wolves as well. And it's not good enough. It really isn't good enough from Watford. Obviously, they were in the Prem for about five seasons before they got relegated in the 1920 season. But now, they need to step up their game. Is Milosar, I'm not seeing much from him now. I think either he needs to leave. I don't think Is Milosar belongs in the Watford dressing room. I think he belongs in better conditions and a better club. Obviously, I'm not knocking Watford in any way. I, they are a club. Uh, they deserve their place in the Premier League, in all honesty. But they just need to make a few better signings. They've signed, what, Danny Rose. He's an older left-back who will only start in maybe cup games because they have Messina. They have Messina who's probably around the same level as Danny Rose, if not better. And I see that Danny Rose maybe could be doing, like, help the youngsters or anything. But you have players like Ben Foster, who's 38 now. He's 38 now. In football terms, he's an absolute fossil in football terms. Obviously, not knocking Ben in any way. He's a very class goalkeeper. Um, but... And he will he will get starts when he's back from his small injury. I believe it's something with his hand at the moment or his leg. I'm too sure. When he's back, he will get starts over Daniel Backman. And Daniel Backman, he's a championship quality goalkeeper. He'll get you to the prem. But when you're in the prem, you need someone better. They have had zero clean sheets. Zero clean sheets. Wow. They've been in the top fight. Zero clean sheets so far. 
That's not good enough. That really is not good enough. They need someone better, someone that can get them clean sheets. Um, I'm thinking Raya from Brentford, also a newly promoted side. Maybe Tim Krull as well, who are Premier League goalkeepers. Obviously, we've not seen it from Raya yet, but off his performances, how he's managed to keep a clean sheet against Arsenal, who are top 10 team, as we were discussing earlier. But they need to just get get the whole team sorted. Make signings that actually make a damn ounce of sense. And obviously, when Fozzie's back, obviously we'll get starts. Hopefully, the clean sheets will start to rack up. But I honestly see this as just their goal of survive relegation and do it comfortably. Get their wins. Get the wins, obviously. They've not had an easy start to the season. They've not been against... The easiest opponents. Wolves, obviously, a very good team in their own right. Better than Watford, in my opinion. Obviously, Spurs, obviously going to be better. Um, obviously, Spurs, obviously better than them. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that they'd ever lose there. Although, there would be a very small chance that they would lose there. And, obviously, Aston Villa, which was a bit of a shot to the system. And I have a friend who is a Watford fan. He's been to... I believe all of those games, and he's not been—he's not been the most happy about it. But um, honestly, Watford, sort yourself out, lads. Just sort your team out. Make the signings that make it—that make sense for your side. They signed a midfielder to replace Will Hughes from Fenerbahce on loan. Um, but you shouldn't be making those loan signings. You need to be making them permanent. He's only worth like probably the amount that Will Hughes is worth, maybe like fifteen to thirty million, and you can fork that out. You can fork that money out. I know you can. When you come into the Premier, get a hundred mil. Use that. Don't go making useless signings. Use that a hundred mil that you get given. Just please, Watford, do. Use the money you have. Don't try save it in a piggy bank. Because then you're going to get new sort of set transfer budget. They're going to be like, this is how much you have to spend. Use that. Use your money. Don't treat it as if you have to save it. Just use it. Anyway, Mason, what are your thoughts on Watford? Uh, well, I think that losing Will Hughes was a massive blow for them. Their box-to-box midfielder that was so class last season is out. You've lost Troy Deeney, your star man for so long. You've, you've lost almost all of your veteran players and you're going to look to lose Ben Foster in the next few days. Or not next few days, next few years. And it's just not going to work. It's not going to work. Something is done and... Whatever that may be, it needs to be done soon. As you said, Watford, it's like they're saving their money in a piggy bank or something. They're, they're, they're not spending anything and they're not buying anything. They've made, what, a couple signings? Not what high class, or at least for them, what high class. It's something is seriously wrong. And they need to sort it out if they want to try and stay up in this Premier League that is so ruthless to many of many of the people and many of the teams who try to even enter it and being the best league in the world you're gonna need to do that otherwise it's just not gonna work out and at the end of the day if something doesn't change for Watford and they're, they're gonna go under it's guaranteed that if they do not change it's going under how I don't know but it will and if they do make a signing for maybe a holding midfielder or a box-to-box midfielder. Sissoko, he's ageing, he doesn't really cut it. I could see it working out. Um, But overall, Watford, they have the potential and they have the classes. Myla Sarr is still there. They just need to channel it correctly. Uh, Otherwise, it's not going to work out. Nothing's going to work out for them. And... 
if they don't spend a little bit of cash, make a few signings. They don't have to be absolutely huge, but as long as they fill the pockets where you've lost, it will work. Um, but at the end of the day, if the manager isn't working, get rid of him. If the players aren't working, there's not much you can do. And the players don't seem to be working, so you're going to have to make a few signings. Uh, but moving on, and probably our last topic is the Barca financial trouble. Finn, how do you view this? Barcelona are in an utter shambles at the moment in the financial world. And honestly, I don't see them coming back from it for the well into the near future. I think Barcelona are spent. They're done. I think they've just played so much of the wrong card, really, in the transfer market. Obviously, since the Neymar deal, they've just been on an utter spending spree. 120 on Coutinho, I think. 60 on Uzbele, uh, over 100 on Griezmann. And it's just, they've spent so much money. I remember the days where it was the uh, La Masia Youth Academy, mainly built team, and they splash out on cash only when they need to, only when the players in La Masia weren't good enough for that specific uh, role of the same level. But you have the likes, but when you have to have players like Jordi Alba to stay um, PK, taking pay cuts just so you can finalise your damn deals, just so you can finalise Sergio Aguero, Memphis Depay, Luke De Jong, just so you can finalise those deals... It's an utter shambles, and that shouldn't be happening for a club like Barcelona. I remember it was 2015. Barcelona won the Champions League, and they were living the high life. They weren't spending a ton of money. They still had Iniesta. They still had the players like Rakitic, Neymar, Suarez, Messi, all these guys. And it was such a good... It was such a good roster that they had and then Neymar left and it's just been an utter financial shambles for them they spent so much money on on just the wrong players they bought Usman Dembele from Borussia Dortmund after about four games and that's not how you should be scouting you should be scouting over maybe a season or two seasons not over four games that's not how you should be scouting lads and honestly, I just don't know anymore. Barcelona are in shambles. In all fairness, in the near future, maybe 10 years, they could even go into administration if they carry on like this. If the way that they spend their money goes on like this, they could realistically go into financial downfall and possibly administration, the club closing, we've seen it we've seen it before, the likes of Berry, who haven't had who have been, been in so much debt and not the financial stability and the thing is, the owners as well, they passed the fit, fit and proper test but I don't know, they've passed it and somehow they're like this, somehow They've managed to so badly spend their money that they could be going into administration. And that is so weird to think that administration could be a realistic thing for Barcelona. Barcelona has been an absolute staple of mine and Mason's generation. As soon as we got into football from a very young age. Um, what, two and three? Around then, around then, yeah. It's been Barcelona, Real Madrid, Man United, um, Arsenal have been there. It's been those clubs. And now we see clubs like Arsenal and Barcelona in the way they are now, going into administration, barely getting top 10. It is such a sad sight to see because we've grown up with those clubs. Those clubs have been part of our childhood for 
the better part of, like, 15, 14, 15 years now. And the fact that it's like that is so, so um, bad and annoying. And I will touch on this just now because it has just come through City or 1-0 up against RP Leipzig. I'm falling off. I'm a bit happier now. But back, back to the main point. The fact it discussed the way money has ruined football. Money is just everything now. Now it is just a business, footballers. There's no fighting for the badge. There's no um, blood, sweat and tears for the badge now. It is just, I'll take my paycheck and give you a half, like 50% performance. It's so bad now. And money's taken over everything to do with football. Mason, what are your thoughts on it now? I'm going to just come off. The Barca, almost the Barcelona. My touch up is going to be how they pass the fit and proper test, and how in what like three or four years, five maybe even five years, and they've messed it up this badly. Shambolic. I'm going to look at football and money now. Something is wrong. Players aren't playing to play. Back in what? Uh, just before the Great War, just before 1914, players got paid around the same as your average shopping worker. And you had to be pretty good to get in there. And I've known from people who I've met who were footballers, even just before the the war, the Second World War, just even after it, it, you weren't paid that much. And yet you you still played because it was your passion. It's almost like what gaming turns nowadays. People are played quite a lot, but at the start you weren't paid that much, but you did it because you enjoyed it. Absolutely. All of a sudden, this, this money has come in and people have, more people have started watching. The younger generation is now more appealed as they get older. And all of a sudden, they have so much money. And so they start spending it. What happened to what? Early 2000s when players one, were paid a decent amount. They were paid more. But they, they weren't paid too much. They weren't paid what Messi is getting, which is half a million of a, a week, may I remind you. Players aren't playing because they love it. Players are playing because I'm going to get paid a lot. And we've seen clubs go under. Money is taken over. For, in fact, it has taken over. It's not still taking over. It has. And I'd love to see, I've always said this, I'd love to see a league where you have a few big players, you have the mid-table club, but something like Leicester could happen. Something like that, something like Leicester can happen. And where a club out of nowhere just suddenly turns into this great club. And Leicester are, are one of the only exceptions. They, The way they run their club is incredible. And... Compared to the other clubs, they seem almost non-profit. It's it's incredible. And the way the Bundesliga runs their clubs, it's a bit of a farmer's league, I'll give you that. It's one big team, second half big team, and a few less. But the 51 rule, it's incredible. The way it works is sensational. And if the Prem could work like that, so all of a sudden, we have a big six instead of a title race between two giants while everyone else just falls behind. And then all of a sudden, they make these new 200 mil, 300 mil transfer teams. And then it switches. And it ain't exciting. It's just almost boring because you you know your team's going to come around again. And it's not in the fun way it's going to come around like, oh, we've had a bad season, but I can see it's coming around. No, it's going to come around because they lack youth. And they have to make those signings where they have to buy some big money players that ultimately don't really work. But they don't care because a million is like, what, a penny to them. And I'm not having it. I'd love to, I I can't wait until the day that maybe some of the teams collapse and all of a sudden they look on in football and we can change. We, We make it the better. We make football what football was always meant to be. And, and that that's just my opinion. Yeah, I can I just um touch on the point... You can touch up, yeah. 
yeah, I'll touch on the point you made earlier of the 40s players, where they weren't, where they were getting the average wage of a shopping worker. And I know um, people, um, my granddad especially, knows people who have had ties to um, people like Bobby Moore as well when he was playing for West Ham. And it was like, they would only get paid if they won that week. If they didn't win that week, they would barely get paid. They'd get paid like half the wages they got if they won. That's only if they won that they would actually be paid. And that is such a sight to see that they are forcing the players to go through blood, sweat and tears just to get their paycheck. They have to fight for the club's crest. They have to fight for the fans. They have to do everything like that. And that is just a phenomenal thing to see and to hear that they would only get paid if they won the game. And that is so different to today's game. And I just thought I'd mention that because it is such a such a different outlook that players like Bobby Moore would only get paid if they won the plumbing game, not because they put in a 50% performance during the week. Now here's a bunch of money. It was literally just if they won. And that is so crazy to think compared to today's game today's money game, today's market. I can't believe it, but that's... I just want to touch up on that. Yeah, and just by what you said, I, I've met someone, he was a former Norwich player, he got injured at 16, some 30-year-old apparently put in a tackle so bad that he had to actually retire since he just couldn't play at that level anymore. And he said he didn't... He barely got paid anything. He got paid... He could live. And him and his family could live. And he, 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 was, he was happy with it, you know. He, he didn't complain that he was getting paid the living wage, minimum wage. He didn't complain because he was a young player. If he earned more, that would be brilliant. But he, he played football because he loved it. And that's what he told me. And I, I thought that was so nice and inspirational that he wasn't consumed by money. And that he said that these clubs now that they're too big, they're spending too much, that him, as he was a, he was a Norwich fan as, long as, as well as a player for a couple of years, um, but he said that, that even though he was owned by a drunken cook, that he'd rather be owned by a drunken, uh, drunken cook than owned by a Russian crook, um, obviously hinting at Chelsea's um, ownership. Um, and he, he made a point he said that financial takeover is one of the worst things he would want for Norwich. And football today shouldn't be for the money. It should be for the fans and it should be for the enjoyment. It's almost like a reality TV show now. It's just money, money, money and fake. And it's not as interesting to watch as like 2007, those seasons where it was all or nothing. Whereas today it's almost nothing. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's, that's, that's just a little rant we've gone on. Uh, thank you for watching. Uh, tune in next week when we have a look at the Premier League rankings and uh, how we think uh, some various clubs are doing. We'll see you next time. Cheerio.